0: Bless his wonderful name. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. We'll begin reading it, verse 2. Again, that's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's a familiar passage of scripture, and it simply reads Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, how do we not conform to this world? By renewing our minds, renewing our minds to the word of God. Now, I think it's quite interesting. The enemy has picked up on this this uh verse but we know when the enemy uses that verse it's always going to be twisted because the enemy only has darkness there is no life in him it's only death conformed you know in this past few years i have seen movies once again that the message is all about don't be fit in the mold do what you like do what you want to do In fact, for today's lesson, that's going to be our definition for conformity. Conformity is just simply doing what you want to do. It's doing what you want to do. You know, God gives us talent. He gives us purpose. And one of the things we have to make sure that we do, we always have to look out for this philosophy. Do what you want to do or the new thing. Because oftentimes the enemy will rob you of your destiny. You know, it's much easier for the enemy just to give you a vain philosophy. The Word of God talks about this in Colossians uh, 2 and 8. It talks about vain deceit, the philosophies, the traditions of men. It's vain deceit. Once again, if the enemy can give you a philosophy that's negative, He didn't have to do much work. It will shipwreck your life. Now, let me give you an example of this. Uh, We all have Amadeus Mozart. We all know him as a classical composer. Well, he was born, he was a child prodigy. In other words, he had this crazy gift of music that was just unheard of. He wrote his first composition or piece of music between the ages of four and five. And it was either age seven or nine that he wrote his first symphony. Well, his father took him around uh, Europe and, and he had visited all of the aristocracy of Europe. They knew him. He was the child prodigy. We can say it this way. Mozart's way was set. It was set. Everyone knew him and all the kings and queens and the dukes they all wanted him. He was very talented. However, Mozart got swept up in this new age of thinking. Now, around the mid-1700s, this new way of of this democratic mindset, which, you know, in and of itself is not bad, but that was not the way that Mozart was supposed to go. You see, the old way was the way of the patronage system. And the patronage system was simply uh, the king, the queen, or the duke would hire the uh, composer and that composer would have the responsibility to write all the operas, the symphonies or or write music for the mass. And this composer would have all the musicians, everything that he would need. He lived a very fine life. But Mozart got swept up at this new age idea. So instead of enjoying the patronage system, he said, no, I don't want to be uh, be under the service of a king or queen. I want to do things my way. So if you want music from me, you have to buy from me. Well, long story short, Mozart died at an early age of 35. He was starving, freezing to to death, um, in poverty. He had no money. He was broke. He had syphilis because he lived in all kinds of lifestyle and he was blind from the syphilis. He lived a terrible lifestyle. Now, look at it. He was talented. He produced over 600 works. But guess what? He didn't enjoy the fruit of his labor. Now, why was this so? Because he adopted this philosophy that was not his the way he was supposed to function. It was not the way he was supposed to. To operate, listen, the the path was already given him. The kings, the queens, the dukes, the aristocracy of Europe wanted him. But he chose a philosophy and adopted a philosophy that really caused him to go to the grave early. The enemy will use a philosophy If you adopt his philosophy, he will shipwreck your life. Once again, conformity. Conformity is simply doing what you want to do. You see, one thing you need to know about conformity, it takes no effort to conform. You know, um, it's kind of like, and I heard someone say this, it's like a river going downstream. For you to float downstream, there's pressure, but the pressure itself is... Simply floating you downstream. It takes no effort. You know, something can be dead and float downstream. But for you to turn around and work against the current to work, to go upstream requires effort. It requires work. The word of God tells us not to be conformed to this world. Once again, anytime you refuse to be conformed to this world, that means you have to go against the pressure. The enemy loves to use pressure against you to get you to conform to his way of doing things. I reminded of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He had all kind of pressure. Now, what pressure did he have? He literally had the weight of the world on his shoulders. His flesh did not want to. Do the will of God. His flesh wanted to conform to the ways of, of the world. Now, remember, the definition of conformity for this Bible lesson is just do what you want to do. His flesh, Jesus' flesh wanted to do what it wanted to do. But Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, he went against his feelings, against his flesh, against the pressure that was placed on him for a greater good for the will of god and because of that we are sons and daughters of god once again the enemy will use conformity he's very subtle he will use conformity in different ways to deceive us now let me give you another example sometimes the enemy will use those who we love Those who are closest to us to get us to conform to his ways. Remember, once again, to conform, only thing you have to do is do what you want to do. I'm reminded of the story of of Abram and Sarah. Sarah got this idea. She told Abram to, hey. We know God said you're going to have a child. Look, you can have a child through my handmaiden, Hagar. Abraham thought that was a great idea. Now, let's stop here for a moment. Do you think God gave Sarah that idea? We all know the answer. He did not. So we know that man never has an, an original thought. So that, in, that thought had to come from the enemy. You see Sarah was blinded by her desire to have a child and because she was blinded she could not see uh, past what what she couldn't see the tricks of the enemy we'll say it that way she could not see the plan of the enemy because she was so focused listen on the promise of God so much so that she was willing to do anything to get it. The word of God God tells us for our eyes to be single. See, we have to love God more than even his promises. When you love God more than his promises, the enemy will have a hard time defeating you because your eye is single on him. Now, let's look at this. Abraham, he should have, Check this. And I'm sure there was a pulling, a tugging in his heart not to do this, but you have to look at it. His wife said it was okay. So if his wife is cool with it, then I'm cool with it. No worries. But how many of y'all understand that Abram Ham did not get any peace behind that? He suffered for that decision. Once again, it was his wife who gave him the idea. The enemy will oftentimes will use people closest to you to get you to conform. Once again, what's the definition of conformity for today's lesson? It's simply doing what you want to do or doing what your flesh wants to do. It takes no effort to conform. Now. We can look at Abraham and Sarah and say, man, I can't believe she did that. I can't believe he did that. But you know what? <laughs> There's some things that's creeping in the church. You know, I'm reminded of the Church of Corinthians, of the Corinth, I should say, the Church of Corinth. They had new converts, and these new converts had different ways of thinking. They were coming out of the world but still practicing some of the things. And I believe the same thing is happening to the church, but on the other hand, as Christians, sometimes we can get lukewarm in our thinking. Let me just tell you just some things that I've heard, and I've, I, this true story. I, I know this, I heard this about this one brother. His wife wanted to give him a surprise for his birthday, and for his birthday, when we talking about the wife and her husband, she invited her cousin to be with them, to have relations, this menage toi. trois. You all, I don't care how much <laughs> your wife may be cool with this. See, the enemy loves to deceive us. Hey, once again, like Abraham, hey, my wife is cool with this. My wife is fine with this. It's okay. Long as she cool with it, I'm cool with it. Let me tell you something. You will suffer a lot behind that if you do that. Like Abraham, you should have. We know that Abraham didn't do it, but you should stop it. Let me tell you something. At the end of the day, you're sinning against God. It doesn't matter if your wife approves of it. You are committing adultery. See, the enemy always wants to disguise, well, if my spouse is cool with it, it must be okay. No, it's a trick. Of the enemy that's trying to get you to conform to this world's way of doing things. He's very slick. It's not about your wife being okay with it. It's about are you honoring God? It is simply adultery. Now, let's look at another point. Sometimes the enemy, he's so, once again, he's so sneaky. He knows because you are walking in the calling of God and you're so focused on God. Now, the enemy knows your weakness, but he can't get you. Sometimes he'll have a hard time getting you to focus on his plans. Why? Once again, because you're so focused on the call of God. And as long as you are walking in the call in which God has called you, the service or the anointing that God has called you to walk in, the enemy, once again, has a hard time deceiving you. But oftentimes the enemy will try to put pressure on your mind to do something that's not sinful, seemingly. Just take the day off. Just take a day off. You worked hard. You uh, You have trained other people. You deserve a break. You deserve a day off. Let me say this. Have you ever taken a day off of your job? You regretted that you ever had taken that day off? You know, sometimes, you know, you take that day off and there's a uh, feeling. You knew you were not supposed to take that day off. After all, God sent you on that job for it as an assignment. And God wants you to be faithful to whomever he placed you under. Or sometimes when you take that day that day off all kind of craziness will happen you'll be vexed you end up getting into something that you you didn't even you would not have gotten into if you were at work and you wish you would have wished that you would have gone to work or sometimes you take the day off all kind of crazy things happens take place at the office why because you're not there well This example is vividly illustrated in the life of David. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11, and it reads, In the spring of the year, the time when the kings go out to battle, David sent out Joab and his officers, all of Israel with him. They brought to ruin the Ammonites, and besieged Rabah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening when David arose from his bed and was walking on the roof of the king's house, from the roof he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful. So David sent someone to inquire about the woman and it was asked, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam? the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. So David sent messengers and took her and she came to him and the rest was history. You know, David really thought he got away with that thing until a few verses later, she sent David a message saying, I am pregnant. Now, let's go back. The word of God says it was a time when kings were supposed to be going off to war. David decided to take the day off. He had trained all these soldiers. They knew what to do. But once again, the enemy had a trap for David. See, once again, the enemy knows your weakness. He knows what you like. And if you take that day off, now listen, in and of itself, it seems like taking the day off is nothing wrong. But if you're not acknowledging God in everything you do, That seemingly okay thing can turn out to be a catastrophe. You better believe all of the negative things that happened in David's life as a result of him of him taking the day off. He wished he would not have done that. You all, once again, the enemy is very, very tricky. He's very, very tricky. He'll try to get you to conform. Now, once again, what's the definition of conformity for today's lesson? Just simply doing what you want to do. Just simply doing what you want to do. See, you you must understand when you do what you want to do, you're conforming to the world. What do you mean? Remember, it takes effort to do what God is calling you to do because your flesh oftentimes do not want to do it. It takes effort effort once again conformity is just simply doing what you want to do or what your flesh wants to do now what is the answer to this i've kind of already alluded to it have you, if you have your bibles turn to proverbs 3 we know we can quote this scripture but it's a good idea sometimes just to read it keep it before your eyes it reads trust in the Lord, I'm sorry, I'm, Is verse 5, Proverbs 3 and 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So what is one of the answers to conformity, to stop being conformed to this world? We know we already gave one answer to renew your mind to the word of God. But this is another way. The word of God says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, with your whole being. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your understanding. So what does that mean? Although I may understand some things, if it's contrary to. The word of God that's being sown in my heart, I'll shun that thing that's. I can understand. In other words, whatever that I am leaning on, whatever thing that I, am, I can understand or my thought process, I'll shun that. Why? Because I'll, it goes against the word of God. And the word of God says, I'm trusting him with all of my heart. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. So that means, should I go off to battle? Should I take the day off? Should I accept this proposition from my spouse? Should I accept this philosophy? Is this philosophy lined up with your word? In all my ways, acknowledge him and he will direct my path. In other words, he will give me an answer. Let me say this. Sometimes we can get in the tight and we can make decisions based on good old common sense. But did you acknowledge God in that way? See, one of the things, there's a, I'll say it this way, there's a saying. Unfortunately, sometimes in Christian circles, you're, every now and then you hear someone say, well, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. What does that mean? That means, in other words, sometimes you got to just kind of try to do what you got to do. In other words, you know, we know you say, but sometimes, you know, you kind of got to just go, you know, under the table or, or do some backwards things to get some things done or, or to make it work. In other words, like Sarah did, help God out because the only thing you're going to do is create an Ishmael. No, the word of God says for us to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not not to our own understanding in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. In other words, if we acknowledge him, he's going to direct our path every time. Now, after the Lord directs our path, we have a choice. If we obey the directives from God, we are trusting in the Lord with all our hearts. But if we disobey the directive, then guess what? That thing that we disobeyed is bigger, has more place, a larger place in our heart than God. Oh, brother, pastor, I I wouldn't say that. Yes, it is because you yielded to that thing. God gave you a directive after you inquired of the Lord. Anytime that you choose to do your own thing. You're not trusting in the Lord with all your heart. That thing has a bigger piece of your heart than the Lord. You are conforming to the world conformity. Once again, what's the definition? Simply doing what you want to do. So in other words, yourself, me, myself, and I have a bigger part, has more of stronger hope to my heart than God. I trust in my desires, my flesh, more than trusting in the Lord. That may be a bitter pill to swallow, but it is absolutely the truth. How do I know I'm trusting in the Lord with all of my heart when he gives you a directive, when he directs my path, I can follow the directives to not do. That means you're conforming to this world's way of doing things. So let's recap. We've talked about conformity. We've talked about to go against conformity. That means you have to go against you have to go against the pressure, the pressure It's pressure being placed on you when you're trying to go against your flesh. You're not conforming. We've talked about different ways how the enemy tries to get us to conform through philosophy. Through those who are close to us. And then through some things that seemingly insignificant that in and of itself may not be sin, but it's a sin because that's not what God wants you to do. Taking the day off. The word of God says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your ways, that including God, cannot, is it okay for me to take the day off? Is it okay for me to take the day off? Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. Trusting in the Lord, consulting the Lord, acknowledging the Lord. And staying in the word of God, renewing your mind to the word of God will keep you from conforming to this world. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.